His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Y'all think about that for a second. How many times do you find yourself not in that state of mind? His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You know what that means? It means, in all thy ways acknowledge the Lord. That's what it means. Turn with me today to Romans chapter 8. I told uh, Brother John Angerstein this morning I had to just finally just be quiet in Sunday school because he was hitting all over my sermon, so I didn't want to give away too much. But uh, I want to talk to you today about the Spirit and the flesh. And I really want uh, you kiddos to listen up today, especially... Those that are in their teens, there's not a whole lot of them here today, but, you know, God has a purpose for everything. So, And I'm sure it'll bless all of you grown-ups also. It ain't going to hurt you, that's for sure. So let's start in verse 1 of Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. That's good news. See, that ought to give you a reason right there to have the praise of the Lord continually in your mouth. Because if you're walking in the Spirit, you're one of Jesus's, you belong to Him, then there's no condemnation for you. Man, that's awesome. Something to rejoice about, right? For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Wonderful! Y'all get excited now. Free from the law of sin and death. Do you know what that means? Do you really understand what that means? Death has lost its sting. Death has lost its sting. I am victorious. Y'all get it in a minute. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. What does that mean? Let's just stop right there for a minute. You see, the law was good. The law shows you what sin is. And it shows you if you want to be holy, you've got to do this and not do that. Right? And that's a good thing. But it's weak because of our flesh. Because our our flesh is weak, right? I don't know how many times I find myself in a state and I come to my spiritual senses and say, what in the world was I thinking? I know better than that. See, all of a sudden my spiritual nature gets revived and I say, oh... I shouldn't have done that. I knew what the law was. See, it wasn't the law that failed, but because the law and my adherence to it relies upon my flesh, it's weak. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, 
God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, likeness, that means it looks like, but it's not the same. And for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Well, I could preach just right there. They that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded. It didn't say to be carnal. Because we're all flesh, right? It says to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Source of rejoicing, life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh, and this is where you ought to really perk up and listen, they that are in the flesh cannot, that means it's physically impossible, there is no way you can't make up something to make this work out. Cannot please God. You cannot please God serving yourself. You cannot please God when your priorities are in some other place besides His will. Now, does that mean you can't ever do anything that pleases yourself on this earth? No. That's not what that means. But see, the difference is not are you living and doing things in this world. The difference is back up here in... Oh, my page turned. Hang on. Verse 6, where it says, For to be carnally minded. You see, there is a big difference. I, I enjoy doing things that this world has to offer sometimes. There's things that we all like to do, right? We have hobbies, and some of us maybe even enjoy our, our work, our jobs. Some of us don't. I'm not saying I'm either one of those. There's times I enjoy my job. There's times I don't. I enjoy the work I do, though. But see, there's nothing wrong with finding pleasure in those things. But when you get to the point that you're carnally minded, meaning that is your focus, that is where your goals are set, that is where your priorities lie in pleasing the flesh, feeding the flesh, you have become carnally minded and not spiritually minded. Now I want you to understand something, and some of you may know this, some of you may not, but when you receive Jesus as your Savior, there is a new creation. The Word tells us that, Behold, all old things have passed away and they've become new, right? That's what it says. There's a new creation. The old man's dead. 
But we keep dragging Him around, don't we? Trying to revive Him sometimes. I want y'all to... And I've used this illustration before. You may have heard me say it. If you have two identical twins... One set. I want to be clear. I'm talking about two people, not two sets of twins. And you feed one every time there's a meal ready, and the other one you give one meal a day. Those two individuals, even though genetically they are identical, are going to look different in just a little short time, aren't they? One is going to be big and strong, the other is going to be weak and feeble because they are not getting the proper uh, substance that they need for their body to grow. You see, genetically they're the same. They have the same potential to, to overcome the other if they're given the opportunity. And that your natural, your flesh, your carnal man and your spiritual man have the same kind of struggle going on. You see, you can't feed both of them at the same time. This is the problem. Your kids you can feed at the same time. But you can't feed your carnal man and your flesh man together. Do you understand that there's enmity between the flesh and the spirit? It means they are at odds with one another. They are adversaries. They are enemies. You can't favor one while you favor the other also. You see, you pick and choose all the time. And I can always tell when I get in that state that I talked to you about just a few minutes ago, where I come to my senses and realize I've done something I should have known better and shouldn't have done. I realize I've been feeding my flesh not my spirit. Because all it takes is just a little bit to keep my spirit man going. A little bit of effort. Just a little bit of time thinking on the things of God. Studying His Word. Spending time praying. All of these things will feed that spiritual man. Meanwhile, in the world, I've got all of these other things coming in. Trying to feed... I want you to understand this is an attack from Satan trying to feed my flesh. Because Satan knows if that, if that flesh gets strong enough, he can hold down the spirit man. Fighting for survival. It's a fight to the end. <clears throat> we find ourselves there too many times. It doesn't have to be that way. Galatians 5 and 17 says, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Another translation says, So that you cannot do the things you want to. I told you all ago, when you receive Jesus, you become a new creation. That is now who you are. 
the flesh is who you were. Okay? Even though the flesh is still hanging around, you still have to deal with them on a daily basis. You are now identified by your spirit nature. So when it says you cannot do the things you want to, he's referring to your spirit nature wanting to do what's pleasing to God. Not your carnal nature. Because obviously your carnal nature wants to do something else, right? Obviously your carnal nature wants to go do something that's pleasing to me. Or maybe even pleasing to my family. Pleasing to somebody or something of this world, not God. I want you to understand that. They're not the same thing. They never will be. They can't be. God has no part in the things of this world. His ways are higher than our ways. The flesh lusts against the Spirit. I told you all ago, they're enemies. Y'all ever seen two brothers? Or even a brother and sister at times. One of them will get one thing and the other one wants it and they just start squabbling. Or one of them does something to the other one and... And he retaliates, and before you know it, they tie up in the fight, right? Why is that? Because that's just natural for siblings to fight sometimes. Some worse than others. I remember at the Barkley house, John and Don would tie up in the fights. It just scared the living daylights out of me as a kid. I had never seen somebody fight like that. Because see, my sisters were so much older than me, I didn't ever have fights, okay? They would pick on me and they'd win. That was the way it went. But here they were, they were the same age. They were rivals. They were always battling either for attention or for uh, one had one something else wanted or one of them popped off and said something the other one didn't like. They were always in contention with each other. This is the same way it is in the Spirit. You know, you're, you've got one body here. They're always fighting for control. Spirit man, unfortunately, for most of us, doesn't win out too much. You know why? This is real simple. Everybody here can understand this. You see, the natural man does what's natural. It comes easy to him. I almost want to say second nature, but it's first nature. It's just whatever you feel like doing, that that comes naturally. You don't have to work for it. it. You don't have to do anything out of the ordinary. That's just the way you want to do things, right? It's easy. But walking in the Spirit is a totally different thing. Walking in the Spirit requires effort. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? See, I want all of these kids here to understand this. Sometimes these phrases and terms may not be complicated words, but you don't really get the meaning of what's talking. You hear it so many times, you just dismiss it. 
So what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Well, I wrote down a few things. I want to, <clears throat> And you know, this is not the end-all, be-all, definitive guide to what it means to walk in the Spirit. It means letting God and His Word guide you in the decisions you make. That's not natural, is it? <clears throat> What's the natural thing to do? To just make a decision and go do what you want to do and not ever ask nobody. You see, even my kids know how to do that. Kids from their very early beginnings have to learn there's certain things you've got to ask mama and daddy about, right? Isn't that a wonderful picture of our relationship with God? See, the natural, they just go do what they want to do. They don't have to ask. They don't have to think about it. I want a popsicle, I'll go get a popsicle. I want to go mark on somebody's stuff, I just do it because I want to. You ever ask a kid, why did you do that? And they say, I don't know. It don't make any sense, does it? Every decision I ever make, I have a reason for why I wanted to do it. I may not want to tell you the reason, but I have a reason. But see, kids are living in that natural state, that carnal state. They're carnally minded until something changes. Until there is an opportunity for the spirit man to come in. To be created, become new. It also means prioritizing your life in terms of God's will. Prioritizing your life in terms of God's will, not yours. Boy, it got quiet. It means submitting your own will to the will of God. That's not natural, is it? Especially for some of you guys sitting here today. It's not natural to want to give up control of your life. You've been running things for so long, you figure you can do it as good as anybody else, right? Give up your will and let God's will take place. Walking in the Spirit. It means denying your own fleshly desires when they do not line up with God's Word and His will. That's probably the hardest one right there. Y'all ever had something you wanted so bad? You know the old phrase, I want it so bad I could taste it. And you made the mistake of praying about it. And God either didn't answer you or said no. And you said, well, i got to have it anyway. So that's being carnally minded. You thought, okay, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to pray. And then you didn't get the answer you thought you wanted, thought you needed. Oh, God don't know what He's talking about. Or maybe I, maybe I'm, you don't want to say that. Let's don't go that far. Let's don't say God don't know what He's talking about. Let's just say maybe I didn't understand God. See, because now you're not having to get into that risky area of blaming the Almighty God for being wrong. You can take your own fleshly weakness and say, maybe I didn't understand Him right, and, and He really meant yes. 
Huh? You know how I can tell you about this kind of stuff? Because I know firsthand. Because I've done these things firsthand. I know what it means not only to try to twist God's Word into forming what I want in my life, but to also somehow use my own weakness as a defense mechanism so that I can still do what I want to do. I want y'all to understand something about the flesh and the spirit. The flesh has a big head start on the spirit, man. Big head start. Brother Terry, when did you get saved? Thirteen. Thirteen year head start. Some of us may not have been that lucky. Some of us may not have got saved till we was 30 or 40 or whatever. You know, my kids are pretty fortunate. They, they got saved at even younger than Brother Terry. They got saved in the single digits. That flesh has a head start nonetheless. And you know, it's not even just the head start. It's the fact that that is your nature. You have a sinful nature. Your flesh wants to survive. Your flesh wants to be in control, wants to dominate. But see, there has to be something that takes place in your mind at some point where you say, enough is enough. That's not who I am anymore. I don't want to be take on the characteristics any further of the flesh man. I want to take on the characteristics of the spiritual nature because that's who I want to be. Look, that's who I'm going to be, right? When this life is all over with, that's where I'm going. That's what I'm shooting for. Why do I want to prolong it any longer? Why do I want to keep feeding this flesh over and over? And I'm not talking about the meal you're going to have here in a little bit. I'm talking about the things that you partake of in this world. The things that you allow to take up the majority of your time. The things that you prioritize your life around. Feed the flesh. Why do we keep doing that? Because it's easy. That's our nature. It don't have to be that way. Your nature can change. Your nature should change when you receive Jesus. See, that's the beginning. That's the first part of your walk. You know what? Uh, walk in the Spirit indicates to me, it indicates there should be progress, Right? You're walking somewhere. There ought to be progress. So I hate treadmills so much. You don't get anywhere. You just It don't matter. You can run as fast as you want to. You're still stuck in the same place. That ain't the way it is when you're walking in the Spirit. See, if you're really walking in the Spirit, you're making progress. You're overcoming Things in your life. You're, the flesh should be weakening. There should be less works of the flesh and more fruits of the Spirit, right? That's what that's all about. That's what those things indicate is what's going on in your life. 
if you've got more and more fruits coming out, that means you're walking in the Spirit. But if all I see is works of the flesh abounding, it's an indicator, ain't it? That spirit man is just barely hanging on with everything he's got. Because you're feeding the flesh in every turn. Why is all this important? See, I always like to ask that question. Because I could sit up here all day and just rant and rave. And you leave here saying, what was the point in all that? So why is this important? Why is it important for me to stand up here and come down on you and tell you you need to walk in the Spirit, quit feeding the lust of the flesh, do the right thing? Why, why should you do that? 1 Peter 5 and 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, Walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You know what he's coming to devour? He's coming for those that are of the flesh. See, he can't touch your spirit, man. Cannot touch you. You are covered by the blood of Jesus. You're a new creation. The old man's passed away. He's coming for those that that live in the flesh. He's your enemy. I want you to understand, enemies come at you whether you want them to or not. They don't wait for your approval. This morning, Brother John was talking about in Sunday school how how when a lion is going to attack an animal, you know, that's in a herd, they always try to separate them off. Get them by themselves. Or, you know, I've seen a lot of times that uh, it'll start chasing the ones that are kind of the small ones, that are slower. Or maybe they're sick or weak or injured or something. That's the ones they go after. The one, they don't, they don't want to go attack, attack the, the big head of the pack. Too big of a fight. What, what's the point? When I got all these weak ones that are straying behind, right? I can just take them down one at a time. It's funny that the word compares Satan, our adversary, to a roaring lion, ain't it? That's exactly what he's doing. He's looking and watching, waiting for one of us to kind of fall behind. Where are you strong when you're walking in the Spirit? You're strong in your spirit, man, not in your flesh. And he's waiting for you to kind of Oh, start feeding that flesh a little more, get slower, get weaker, and then He's going to pick you off. You ever seen a a Christian that backslid? You ever seen a Christian that at one point in their life was living hot and heavy for God and, and just doing everything they could, and then later in years they they just kind of disappeared? And, all of a sudden, people wake up when they say, where's so-and-so? Well, they kind of kind of backslid. Does that happen instantly? No. There's a song that addresses that. It's called Slow Fade. You see, it's a slow fade. 
you begin to entertain more and more things that feed the flesh. And that spirit man that was at one time strong, Satan can't even mess with you because you're so strong, you start letting a little bit of the flesh come in. More and more that flesh, that, that carnal man becomes stronger, becomes the dominant force in your life. And before you know it, you're not concerned with the will of God anymore. Before you know it, the, the stuff that you used to think was so important that you were so excited about, it seems just, that's eh, kind of foolish. I ain't got time for that. Why ain't you got time for it? Well, because you've prioritized your life based on the things of this flesh, not the things of the Spirit. You begin to walk in the flesh instead of the Spirit. You know what the Word says, and I've quoted this I don't know how many times, and I know there's some of you that have caught it, and I hope more of you do. The Word says if you walk in the Spirit, you will not, kind of like cannot, fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, that they don't work together. You can't do them at the same time. Just like that one we read earlier says, if you're in the flesh, you can't please God. <clears throat> I'm not going to end on that note. I'm going to end with some encouragement. <clears throat> if you have not ever read Psalms 27... I strongly urge you to read it over and over. Because time after time in my life, I come back to Psalms 27 for encouragement. Time after time. It doesn't matter. Man, I'll find myself in situations I feel like I have no help. I feel like I have no promise for tomorrow, no hope. And I can read Psalms 27 and get encouraged. Psalms 27, 13 and 14 says... I had fainted, and you could also say, I would have fainted. That's kind of the same meaning. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I would have fainted, except... I believe that I was going to get to see. I'm putting this in Kevin's term. See, that's the way it makes sense to me. I would have fainted, except I believed I was going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What's the land of the living? I told y'all, that natural man is dead. That is not where the living are. The living are those that walk in the Spirit those that dwell in the presence of God, those that, you know, if you go back up a few verses, you'll see that David said that there was one thing I have sought from the Lord, and that's what I, I'm sorry, one thing I've desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may inquire in your temple. Oh. That is the kind of attitude that we need to have. You want to overcome the flesh in your life? See, you probably don't right now. You're probably sitting there thinking, this is awful uncomfortable. I don't like this. You know why? Because the flesh is in control. Some of you is even sitting there looking at your watch and saying, it's almost ten after. 
That's the flesh. Y'all, I'm telling y'all this from experience now. I want you to realize I have not always been the person you see before you. And I'm not that great now. I remember sitting on the back row, and I'm not, no offense to y'all back there, I'm not picking on you. (laughs) We sat on the back row for a totally different reason. We sat back there because we had kids we had to take in and out all the time. But I remember sitting on the back row. And people would get up there and they'd sing them praise songs. And why don't y'all stand with us? Man, do we really have to do this? I don't see the point in it. I really, I'm tired. I'd rather just sit here and listen to you sing. You know why I say stuff like that? That's the flesh. It sure ain't the Spirit. What does the Spirit want to do? Sing praises. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. That's the Spirit, man. But the flesh wants to sit there in the big heaping pile that it is and just say, I want to be right here. And you do whatever you want to do if that feels good to you, but I would rather just stay right here in my little box and when it comes 12 o'clock, go home. See, I'm speaking to somebody right now. Y'all are getting this. See, I was in that place. And I had a preacher tell me one day, he talked about how God was worthy of praise. Whether I felt like it or not, He's still worthy of praise. And I said, you know what? He's right. My feelings really don't have anything to do with what God's worthy of. And he made another statement. He said, you know, you may get to a point where you you think about this and you say, you know what, maybe I could raise one hand. Raise it. Because before long, you may get to the point where that other one might come up too. Go ahead and and battle that flesh. Y'all listen now. Battle that flesh to the point you can say, okay, I'm going to raise one hand. If I don't like it, you know, I always put it back down. Raise that one hand and say, you know what? God is worthy of praise. And I'm going to praise Him anyway. And I guarantee you, I promise you even, there's going to come a point where the Holy Spirit is going to come into you and you're going to say, oh man, i got to raise the other one because God is worthy of all praise. I don't care what's going on on the clock on the wall back there. I know right now, in this moment, the Holy Spirit is here And I'm going to rejoice because I am His. I belong to Him. And I may screw up when I walk out the door. I may say the wrong thing to somebody. But that ain't right now. That ain't right now. Right now, I'm walking in the Spirit. That's how you start. See, walking in the Spirit, the easiest way to explain that is denying yourself. When that thought comes up and says, I'd rather just sit down right here and listen to somebody else sing. Some ought to go off in your head. I want you to just program that alarm right now. 
next time something like that happens, you're going to think about it. You're going to say, wait a minute, I remember something. That's my flesh talking. That's my flesh talking. I need to resist feeding my flesh right now. See, that y'all don't come here to feed the flesh, do you? Otherwise, we'd serve food. We'd have a buffet line up here every day. We'd have movies playing on the projector every Sunday. Y'all just come and eat popcorn and watch movies. That's feeding the flesh right there. You can do that at home. You don't come here for that. You come to hear something about God. Whatever it may be. Even those of you right now that's giving me sour looks, that's not all that excited to hear about denying yourself, you come here for a reason, and it's not to hear this country boy talk. I know that because I've heard myself on recordings. So you have to decide, why am I doing this? Why do I go to the effort every Sunday... To come here. It's because there's this little bit of the Spirit in you that's crying out, feed me. Y'all remember that movie? I don't remember the name right now, but there's this big fly trap that grows and grows and he always says, feed me Seymour. There's that little, it's a little voice. And you say, you know what? I think I want to go to church. And you get here and you get just a little taste because you know what? Those little twins that I talked about, the one you don't feed very often, he don't require much to stay the way he is, does he? He don't require any more than you've already given him. Unless you want him to grow. If you want him to catch up and even overtake, you've got to feed him. That means when you come in, you need to be ready to eat. You need to say, oh, I'm here today. I'm hungry. Hungry even. 